everybody, and welcome to That's Life, the show where we are the only ones who get to live their dream of going on Nefesh Benefesh to Israel, only to get a return ticket to go back to New York. Good afternoon, folks, and thanks for listening. I'm Miriam L. Wallach, blogger, writer, and general manager here at the Nachum Siegel Network. This headset's too big. You can find me here every Thursday at 2 p.m. as I hope to bring you a little entertainment, a little news, and a little relief that the life you are leading is not nearly as wacky as mine. Coming to you from the home of Shalavim for Women, which is also known as SFW, and now also known as Shalavot, which seems to be the joke, but it is just, it is a joke. We're not going to start a hashtag of Shalavot, but I thought that that was cute. And it didn't make it into any of the other shows, so I'm bringing it up now. Coming to you from Shalavot in Jerusalem, I'm joined by my handy-dandy partner, ZK. What's up, ZK? Oh, man, good afternoon, <laughs> Miriam. <laughs> you having fun, buddy? Oh, we're having lots of fun over here. Yeah, it's like Mr. Toad's wild ride for the last couple of days, i got to be honest. But uh, it's been an incredible experience, and I want to quote you when we were walking through the crowds at Ben-Gurion, and there are 1,600 people flanking either side of this walkway for all of the Olim who are coming off these buses, and you look at me, and, and you and I are both completely overwhelmed. and, and I don't know what hit me. I was like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Right. And you looked at me and said, this is the experience of a lifetime. And I, I couldn't have said it better myself. And you are 100% right. That yeah, is true. I, I, I mean, I've never seen anything like it in my life. And I'm glad I was able to uh, experience that. I don't know if I'll ever be able to see something like this again. <laughs> <laughs> this was unreal. You know when somebody else said Malcolm to- was saying, excuse me, no, no, that uh, you know every 50th flight and you know hopefully uh, that's not too far off you right. know a lot of people making a limb now and let's hope uh, we could do this again in a couple of years i mean and somebody actually said to me who has covered nefesh benefesh flights before that what's exciting is that you're covering everyone's first time and even though it's not your first time because you've been doing this before in your press and you've experienced this as a member of the press you're watching everyone's first because it is their only Aliyah, and it is just an outrageous experience to be part of people's, people's lives so intimately that I thought it was a very interesting perspective that you're part of somebody's first. And not just, you know, it's not the first time you drive a car, and it's not the first time, and those are all milestones, but this is life-changing. And I thought that that was a very interesting perspective. We should play a clip from our, uh, from our video clips. <laughs> I, you know what, did you also video stuff? Yep. Did you watch your stuff? I watched my stuff. Unfortunately, I didn't... Record as long as you did. I was, <laughs> I had that stuff, had so much baggage with me. You know, I had the suitcase. Right. I was taking with me on the shoulder, the pack, and I was like just trying to hold up my phone, get a glimpse. <laughs> you know what happened when I was holding up my phone? All of a sudden, it said, um, "You have maxed out on your space, or no more. There's no Are more you room serious? for." Are you serious? And this is me. Come on, iPhone. <laughs> so I immediately switched to my iPad. That I, I had everything handy. I just put like my iPhone in my in my pocket. And all of a sudden, I'm like scanning things, and then there's Yishai Fleischer on the chauffeur, and just. It, it was it was very, very emotional. And then I also felt like, um, and I'll talk about this in the close of the show, that going to the Kotel that night just brought everything for me full circle. And I found myself being very, very emotional at the Kotel and really just everything hitting me, all that. Very spiritual day yesterday. Absolutely. Just so much, um, so much speechlessness for me in one day is, 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 uh, 
pretty incredible on a lot, a lot of levels. Anyway, if you're a new listener to the show, thank you for taking a break from your day to tune in. If you're a returning listener, thanks as always for making us part of your day. If Miriam L. Wallach once is once a week is just not enough for you, do what Tonsa Panina does. It was a pleasure meeting her. Friend me on Facebook or send me an invite on LinkedIn. You can shoot me an email, Miriam at NahumSiegel.com. I will not respond to you during the show, but please, God, I will respond to you afterwards. Make sure also to follow us on Twitter, NahumSiegelNet, all one word. And if you've been following me on Twitter as well, it's Miriam L. Wallach, all one word. Now, I need to apologize. I have no fortune cookies. <laughs> With everything that we packed. I know, ZK, I'm a slacker. We can't, you can't find a fortune cookie here in Israel? <laughs> tell Come me, on. Tell me when the downtime was for us to go for Chinese. This has been, I mean, somebody said to me, what, you don't have time for coffee? I'm like, no, no, I don't. TC guy, where's the nearest fortune cookie? Seriously, somebody, <laughs> by the way, and this is a shout out to all my listeners who know that I'm low on fortune cookies in the studio. So I've been asking for fortune cookies. I'm practically begging. Somebody's got to send us some fortune cookies. You can send it to the P.O. box in Jersey City. Um, but right now I got nothing. So next week, Netter, I will give you two. Let's take care of some business. Today is national holidays. It is Best Friends Day, which is really, really sweet. So shout out to Stephen Wallach, um, my best friend, better half, and right now keeping down the fort in Woodmere. Thanks to him for allowing me to do this as always. It's also uh, National Relaxation Day, clearly not participating in that. National Elvis Week. Not sure how that fits in. Feeding Pets of the Homeless Week, not something I'm ever going to do. National Weird Contest Week. I was trying to figure out when I found out that it was National Weird Contest Week what I could quickly come up with, but I got nothing. I got no- You got nothing also. Yeah, First of all, you're not the weird contest kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, on the other hand, am the weird contest kind of girl, but um, this is like when we were when I was in Disney with my in-laws last year and my father-in-law was making fun of me for wearing my Mickey ears throughout Disney and he said to me I dare you to wear that on Central Avenue I'm like you dare me <laughs> do it on a Tuesday it's only daring the wrong person <laughs> <laughs> kidding me and it's also National Aviation Week which is always on the week of Orville Wright's birthday crazy follows me everywhere this week it followed me everywhere <laughs> it didn't stay in New York thank God not with me <laughs> But I will tell you the great little anecdote that I want to share. Nachum is actually going to be joining me to uh, on the air for That's Life to co-host as we bring on uh, the two madrichot from Sha'al Vote. I'm going to stop calling it that. The two madrichot from Sha'al Vim for Women who are going to be joining us. And then we'll be closing the hour with um, Rabbi Yamin Goldsmith back on and Rabbi Bindi Marilis who made all of this possible. Is that when we were sitting at um, the table for Nefesh Benefesh in Ben-Gurion, Nachum, you'll remember this. Somebody comes over to Nachum and says... Are you the famous Yigal Siegel's brother? And Nahum and I both looked at each other and said, ah! <laughs> it was such a great moment because clearly that doesn't always happen when you are Nahum Siegel's brother. So it was also just a very exciting moment. So, okay. So crazy followed us there. Hashtag segment. We've been hashtagging a lot. Shalvim alumni. Please do that. You can check out everything that we have already hashtagged. Shout outs to Michael Fragan and Ellie Hagler. We didn't mention that when we were at, yeah, right. Big plaque on the sign should have, on the wall should have been a dead giveaway. Um, but yes, shouts, uh, shout outs to both of our hosts. Um, who are Shalvim alumni. And let's introduce Nahum, who is joining me now, co-hosting here in... You're getting a little too much uh, too satisfaction much. from that Eagle Siegel story. What, is it bother you? That's, no, just funny that people keep bringing it up. <laughs> it's a great story. <laughs> and the other thing is that uh, I forgot to mention uh, yesterday on JM and the AM that Michael Fragan, our very own, in addition to Ellie Hagler, our very own, are also Shalvim gradu- is also a Shalvim graduate. Right. 
We, do we have any idea how long ago Michael was in Shalvin? Um, I, do we, I think... How long ago was Why that? do I think like 92, 93? I know there he was go. there Sean Abet. So he's a real veteran. Yeah. And um, they are a Mor- they Morasha. I don't know where that came yeah. from. <laughs> you were making fun of me for making mistakes. So that's what happened. <laughs> they are a Shalvin family, which is really very nice. Anyway, we're going to start our program here. Um, our That's Life segment, I should say, from Sha'alvim for Women. You're listening to That's Life here on the Nachum Siegel Network. And I'm pleased to introduce Aviva Lyons and Melody Simon, who are the two, I should say, two of the Madrichot, correct? Two of the Madrichot uh, this year for, yeah, you're going to have to move, there you go, perfect. <laughs> there's, uh, by the way, if you're appreciating the echo in the background, that's because it is Jerusalem and there's a lot of stone. So um, anyway, Aviva and Melanie, thanks for coming. Thanks for having us. Totally my pleasure. So, Melanie, I know you're from the five towns. Merrick. Oh, Merrick? Yeah. Oh, you know what? I did know that. I'm sorry. You're the Merrick contingent. You're right. 100%. That's my bad. Um, and you are from? From London. Yeah, there's the accent that we were looking for. One in Long Island? Or? Exactly. One in Long Island. And you're both Madrichot this year. Yeah. And did you just go Shana Aleph and then become Madrichot? Or you were Shana Bet? You were... What's your stories? Um, I did Shana Aleph um, 2008-2009. Went back to London and studied in, in university there for four years and came back here to do. So you graduated already? Yes, I graduated. Wow. What did you study? Optometry. You studied optometry. You're putting that career on hold and you came here to be a madrika. Yeah, I'm going to try and do a bit of both. Because so. I imagine your parents are thrilled right now. No, they that. are. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're very supportive, so they're... And, yeah, so they're really happy for me to be here as well. So how are you going to integrate that here? Um, so hopefully um, in the days that I'm not needed to be on site to go and find some experience, to find some work, speak to people, see how see how the system works here and see if I can integrate and practice here at some point. And that's, an, that's a dream of yours is to make Aliyah and become an optometrist here? Yes, at some point. So. Wow. That's <laughs> great. Words. That is great. Well, I guess you don't need to be on an Nefesh Benefesh flight. You're already here. And Melanie, what about you? Um, I just graduated Stern. I studied biology. Thank you. And um, I'm here this year trying to figure out what I want to do. I want to make Aliyah. So. And do you want to go to medical school here? Um, no, I want to go into something environmental sustainability related. Well, you are definitely in the right place, I'd have to say, if people are looking in, in, terms, of, in terms of that kind of a career. Tell me what you expect. I know that this is your first year being Madrichot, and I'm sure that there's um, a lot of nervous excitement in terms of the girls coming next week. Tell me what you expect to encounter as Madrichot within the first couple of months, and even the first couple of days when the girls arrive here next week. Excitement. Um, it's a new experience for the girls, and we experienced the same thing a few years ago. So uh, excitement, um, wanting to learn around Beit Midrash, figure out where things are, um, and explore Israel. What about you? Um, well, I think our role, especially at the beginning, is probably just to make sure that there is Um, comfortable here as possible and obviously it's new for them they've not been here before um, for a year to study in in a seminary so I think that we need to just make sure that they're okay you know alleviate any fears that they might have and answer any questions and just for the first few weeks or so take things day by day deal with any things that might come up and and make sure they settle in I remember that when I was here for the year um, I experienced a tremendous amount of, ho- of, of homesickness. I mean, it didn't help that I had a boyfriend there. That <laughs> definitely did not help. But I experienced a tremendous amount of homesickness. And um, it definitely the jet lag at the beginning 
didn't help matters at all. What are you going to look for in terms of girls who are, let's say, standing out or, or, or appear to you as needing a little bit more attention? Um, I think we're going to, you know, look for them around the room and around the building and just go over to them, make sure they're doing okay, and, uh, you know, tell them that we're here for them if they have any questions or concerns, that we're here to help them in any way we can. So you know what they are? You know what they are? They're moms, they're right. guidance counselors, they're big sisters, they're psychotherapists maybe. There is. <laughs> like they have a lot of different roles under the title of Madricha. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think that that's partly, I think that's one of the main things that we're going to have to learn is the right balance between being that role model for them and being there for them and almost like a friend but not quite a friend because it's not the exact same relationship so right. that they still have you know, the respect and we have a certain level of authority but also we are in between the teachers to the girls so we're right. kind of that um, intermediary. And the aim by it. And the aim by it, yeah of course we work alongside her as well. So what's her role versus your role? Like when do you need to go to her? Um, I think <laughs> whenever we feel there's something that's out of when our When it gets hands. really serious. <laughs> Not even really serious, but, you know, anything that might need um, attention of her sickness or any issues that we don't feel that we should be dealing with by ourselves. And she would always be there to talk to her, even if we're not sure she's really needed. Well, when we got here, you were doing a lot of, I guess, w- you know, poster readiness and all this other stuff. Tell me what's going on in the building to prepare for the girls' arrival next week. So we've been decorating the dorm according to the theme, which is a surprise. And um, oh, sounds a surprise. Yeah. We also weren't allowed to find out how people were uh, paired together as roommates. That's correct. We're not <laughs> revealing any of those secrets. Right. On the air, of course. Yeah, okay. So the theme, so you, is that something that's done every year, is that the dorms are decorated in a yes. theme? And the theme changes every year? Mm-hmm. So what was last year's? We can't reveal this year's. And what's next year's? Yeah, what's <laughs> next year's? That's a good one. What was last year's theme? Do you remember even? We weren't here last year. Oh! oh. How about the year you out. were here? How, do you remember what the theme was that time around? I don't remember. <laughs> All right, I didn't leave an impression. That, that there you really go. That quite a mark, to say the least. <laughs> but were there Madri Chod who had an influence on you? Like, were there Madri Chod during your year here that you would look back and say, this person had a tremendous influence on me? Definitely. Yeah. Anybody, Who would they be? Anybody you want to name? Or is that a secret? Don't worry about that. They're not here. If it's a positive influence, of um, course you should name them. So Aura, she was on a Majichod. I had a Chavrutza with her, mm. and she was just really down-to-earth and relatable and definitely a great role model for me. And where is she now? Um, she made Aliyah just now with her nice. family. Nice. Was she on our flight? Oh, our flight. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, our it's our flight. Uh-huh. flight. Right. And did you have a Madricha that you would say, you know? Um, yeah, Elisheva first. She was a Madricha in Maya, and she stayed for, she's been here for many years, actually. She was a Madricha, I think, a couple of times, and then went on to be events coordinator, so she's much loved here. Um, and she was brilliant, I think. You know, she had, I think, for me, she was a role model in the sense of having that perfect balance that I'm looking to try and. Um, achieve. Right, because if there's, I don't, I don't want to insinuate that anybody here would ever cause trouble, but if there is something that's out of line, you have to play a role, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, got to be there and uh, and uh, bring the hammer down, as they say. <laughs> How do you see Shalovim as different now from when you were here? Um, well, the year hasn't started yet, so... Well, you anticipate that. certain <laughs> things, and we know, obviously, yeah, the theme is different. <laughs> but but um, the theme is different. I think it's constantly... The great thing about Shalvim, I think every year they're trying to make improvements and to see where they can change things to make things better and better. It's not it's not the type that's static and just happier the way they are, even though they always do so well. I think every year 
they take into consideration where they can improve. You know, that's the feeling that I get, and they ask us for our opinions as students into where we can, where they can improve for us, where we feel you know things could be better. So I think that's constantly happening. Was there a teacher who stood out in your minds or who made an impression on you your years? Several. Um. <laughs> Somebody in the room. Is that why we're nodding? Okay. <laughs> no, definitely. I mean, the, the main, you know, I've seen, you know, Rabbi Tretzky, Rabbi Goldsmith, and Michelle are the main kind of ones. Right. And they're constantly there for us. I mean, the warmth is, is amazing. They're in the care. Um, so that's always there. Yeah, Rabbi Fellerman also joined the staff my year, so it was really great to have that team of four. And how were you able to connect, to continue that connection? That's one thing that we talked about. Well, now, the, now it's even worse, the, uh, the echo without the air conditioner. Um, one thing that we made that, that was commented on. Okay, you got it? Okay. One thing that was commented on, I'll try the thought for the third time, at the boys' school when we were there yesterday was the connection that is continued with the students even once they leave. Now, tell me how that that was maintained for you, because you're both nodding, like, yes, it's exactly what we're talking about. That's quintessential shalvim, whether it's you're in the boys' school or the girls' school. Tell me how that was maintained for you. So they come to America a lot to recruit, and they give shiurim in Stern. Um, each one come give a shiur, have a lunch and a dinner or a lunch at someone's house, um, give a shiurim. They're always available on uh, email. And um, in the summer, they went, um, some of them come to America to different camps. Uh, I had the opportunity to learn with Michelle at a Beit Midrash program at La Vie. So, oh, this just this summer? A few years ago. Got yeah. it. Okay. Um, yeah, I think the same day. They do come to England occasionally. I don't think as often as America, but they do come occasionally and they make sure they're in contact there. Um, I think the main thing is how obvious they make it that we should be still in touch with them through email and how keen and happy they are for us to contact them all the time. I mean, I remember just before Rosh Hashanah, Rabbi Goldsmith emailed me, I think either last year or the year before, completely randomly. I didn't email him first just to wish me a Shana and I couldn't believe that he'd done that. (laughs) Um, so things like that. I think it's obvious their sincerity is obvious that they're not just saying that they want us to stay in touch. They really do want us to stay in touch. How tough is it to get a job as a madricha? Are there 400 people trying to get the same slot as you or not? I did it. You have no idea. Was, was, it a difficult, was it a difficult process? Did they rake you over to coals during the interview process or what? I need to know how tough it is to have this job. What would you say? It was, was it hard or not? Um, I think that... Did it take months? 400 yeah. essays? Did you have to be it's fingerprinted? Just, yeah, I mean, exactly. <laughs> like, I, want, no. I want to know that's how really difficult what we're, it is. That's really what we want to know. You're, putting, you're, putting, you're being put in a position of great responsibility. I want to know how tough it is to get the job. Does everybody want to be a madrichan, only a very small handful, you know, as we go through Shalvim's history are chosen? How's it work? There's only four chosen every year. But, That's not um, a lot. Right. And only two chosen to be on the air. Just saying. <laughs> Hello. Okay, go on. <laughs> um, I think that we spoke about I, I threw the idea by Michelle um, a few times, and we spoke about it um, over the course of a few months, if it was the right thing, if um, there are responsibilities, and we have to be ready for them. And um, after that, we spoke, and, yeah, it was a good idea. I think also it made a difference that we all went to Shavim ourselves. Right. So the process was probably a little bit different to someone who's applying from scratch and who they don't have a clue who they are, but they spent a year at least with us. So they know us, know our characters, know, you know, and I think that definitely helps in terms of giving them an, more of an indication on whether they want us or not. So it is possible for a quote-unquote outsider to hold yeah. your position? Sure, I think hmm. uh, three out of my four were not didn't go to Shavim. Really? So if I lose my day job. <laughs> then I guess there's room for you to apply somewhere else. <laughs> That's good to know. I wouldn't realize that, that the uh, 
that there's a, that possibility. Also, where does you know, I discussed this uh, earlier when we had the live lunch, and, I'm, and it's really unfair to ask Shalvin people this because I guess you'd have to ask uh, others. But is is there a th- – there are seminaries that come up with a reputation of their students being this type of person, that type of person, etc. Do you feel, as, as we discussed earlier, that really here it seems to be such a variety and so diverse that there's no such thing as a prototypical or typical – Shalvin for women's student? I definitely think they uh, give us the tools to become who we want to be, and uh, we're each individuals, and I think that I don't think I could pinpoint a, like a, a box that we could fall into. And the students feel that? Yeah, definitely. I think it's clear that's not a type cookie cutter type place where they will want us to mold to the same thing. Um, but um, so I think that's definitely clear. I think that, but there is a general type of person that will want to go to this place, obviously. Right. Um, so someone who wants, definitely wants to learn. It's a high level of learning, lots of hours. You can't, you know, it's not a chilled out type place in that sense. Um, it's small and personable and intimate. So anyone who wants that kind of warm environment. Did you think the schedule, I'm sorry, but did you think the schedule was nuts when you first got here? That you're spending so many hours and... Torah study, and I mean, I guess you were familiar with it just from exploring the different schools, but still, you get here, and all of a sudden, the, you know, the power is turned on, and you're ready for a really long day. Yeah, um, I think, yeah, I think there is different, obviously, you've just come from summer holidays, so right. it's right. a bit of a contrast, <laughs> <laughs> um, but they break you in, generally, we had, for my year, um, we had trial shearing, so the teachers gave us each a sample shear, mm. which enabled us to see if we, you know, if we liked that shear topic, the, the teacher, the style, um, so that was the first week or so, so it wasn't straight into strict routine, um, they gave us time to adjust and to get used to things here. See, what I was noticing before with Nahum's last question is that you were, you said that there is no prototypical, um, Shalvim girl. And I, I think I just want you to say prototypical and cookie cutter again because it sounded so great with your accent. <laughs> but. <laughs> we should have an hour dedicated just, to right. that. I just, don't you want to have. Having her, her recite words. Don't you want to have Aviva and Naomi Nachman sit next to each other and just say like. Reciting words. Like Edgar Allan Poe for all I care. Um, but anyway, you both want to make Aliyah or that's both in your She's plans. So I, I guess my question is, is that is that just from your experience here? Did it come from home? Is that something you've? I, I, there's a lot of aliyah on our mind, obviously, in terms of this week. So where does your inspiration from? Where's your drive to make aliyah? Not everyone who leaves Shalavim for women is going to decide to either come back or stay. So where does that drive come from for you? So for me, at least in high school, um, my family's Zionistic, and in high school we went to rallies, went to the Israeli Day Parade, but I didn't really think about it as a place to live until I came for the year. I explored, I got to know different communities and realized that there could be a place for me to live here too. And then I came back for a semester abroad, studied here at university, and realized that I could definitely make a home here. Wow. So you used t- your time, you said you just graduated Stern. Mm-hmm. So you used a semester from Stern yeah. to come here. So where did you learn? In Ben-Gurion University. And what did right. you study? Environmental studies. Right, that would make sense. Um, and you enjoyed it? I loved it. It was a great program. Wow, that's fantastic. And Aviva, what about you? Um, so my family also very um, love Israel, and I think all of us want to come at some point. And so I, that was a strong family foundation already. And then, but again, it wasn't on an individual level that this is something I definitely want to do. Was, yeah, we we love Israel; it's great. Um, and then when I came to seminary, that was really, I think, where I uh, solidified my uh, deep desire to come. I think they uh, showed us the love. They definitely showed us, you know, helped me 
feel a love for Israel, um, show us the beauty of the land, and also the importance in coming here and the things that we can do and our responsibility right. to make it as great a state as possible. Um, that's that's a fantastic answer. You're listening to That's Life here on the Nachum Siegel Network. We are here in Yerushalayim coming to you from the Shalavim School for Women. We are joined by the two of the four Madrichot for this year, Aviva Lyons and Melanie Simon. Melanie, who is from Merrick, got that one right this time, and Aviva, who is from London. Now, in terms of places that you can see yourself since you've now experienced it, are there certain communities that stand out in your mind as places that you would want to live in? Or are you just like, right now you're so in love with Yushalayim and I'm not knocking it. I totally understand the love of Yushalayim. But is Yushalayim someplace or, that you're looking to go or you're like, you know what, I, I can I can go outside of the Chomot, so to speak, and um, and experience somewhere else? Um, so I think for now I really love Yushalayim and I'd like to live here at least for if I want to go to grad school. Um, but I definitely maybe want to live in the periphery of the country. Um, wow. I spent a summer in Arad. Um, I don't know the in terms of community-wise, but we, I did counterpoint with Yeshiva University, and I really enjoyed being outside of the center of the country, and I think there's a lot to do in terms of building communities there. Oh, yeah, right, I'll tell you. Um, and where would you like to live? Um, for now, I'm very happy here in Yerushalayim. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't thought too much. She's moving wrong, right so. into Shalom. Right, that's it. <laughs> So I think for now, yeah, I'm not thinking so much in advance. I love it here. There's, there's certain communities I, I loved visiting and, um, you know, in the future I would probably revisit as somewhere possibly to, please God, settle with a family. But for now, I think, uh, you know, I love it in Yerushalayim. What is the Shabbat schedule like here? Are there weekends where you have to be here and as students and are there plenty where you can go around and explore the country? It's about one in Shabbos um, a month, but it's not necessarily in Shalabim. Um, we have Shabbatons as a, um, as a seminary that we go out to different communities, um, and we stay together for Shabbat. And how are those uh, Shabbatons? I would assume that they're very high-spirited and filled with plenty of ruach. Definitely a lot of ruach. Yeah, that's for sure. And what about the Shana Bet phenomenon, which I have been intrigued by both at the uh, Boys Yeshiva and here today? Tell me about the... Uh, uh, the young ladies that decide to spend more than one year at Shalavim? Um, so I personally did not do Shana Bet, but my friends who did, um, I mean, they just want to learn more and be in the environment more. It's a different experience doing Shana Bet um, from what they tell me. Any idea how many will be Shana Bet next week? Eight. Eight Shana Bet, wow. which, which is a lot, right? Yeah. It's a significant number in the girls' schools. That's pretty incredible. Um, I want to thank both of you and wish yeah. you much Hatzlaka for you this Madri coming year. Coach, you got a big job coming up next week. <laughs> if you weren't nervous before, <laughs> yeah. you're nervous now. Um, <laughs> but we want to wish you tremendous Hatzlaka both in your studies and your endeavors and please God in your Aliyah, which is, of course, <laughs> just on our minds. And, um, and we look forward to hearing back from you. Thank, thank you so much. much. Thank you very much. So actually now we're going to invite on Rabbi Benny Marilis, who um, has helped make all of this possible, all of our programming at Shalvim, whether it was the live lunch or Jamie and the AM from the boys' school and Rabbi Yamin, who is, yeah, trying to sneak out, but no. <laughs> <laughs> no, we are going to invite him on also for the last of the programming from Shalvim and actually the last of our programming from Israel as well, which is... Um, which is the end of a very exciting, exciting journey. And I'm personally happy to be able to do it here. There is something about Shalvin for Women just existing that speaks to me as a woman who had, I think, five choices when it was my year in Israel. 
and I think five might have been too many if I'm counting, if I, I don't, I didn't need both hands, but the opportunities were very limited and, and I appreciate the fact that somebody saw the need for a shalvim for women. So talk to me about where that inspiration came from and, and what the vision was. You know, oftentimes somebody has an idea and then somebody says, I wish I would have just put that in a memo and not actually brought that to fruition. So talk, <laughs> talk if you can. I think you and I have that conversation every once in a while. Talk if you can about what the vision was for the school and, and how it came to be. Uh, absolutely. First of all, I want to say thank you again for having me on. And again, welcome to Shalvin for Women. It's uh, really uh, a feather in our cap that you and Nahum and your whole team is here. Uh, we uh, we were already excited before you came, and believe it or not, we're even more excited <laughs> now. <laughs> You're reminding us how uh, excited we should be. Well, I can tell you, my kids don't feel that way, but anyway, uh, about yeah. me, yeah. <laughs> As I, I, I was, uh, I had the the pleasure of being on uh, Jam in the AM uh, yesterday morning. And I mentioned to Nahum, I believe, I mean, I'm not, uh, certainly not a historian, an expert in any way, but I believe the, the variety of opportunities for women in Israel today, I would bet, as you just mentioned, is probably uh, greater than it has ever been in history. Right. Uh, for women to be able to uh, learn at the highest level possible, uh, to really find themselves here and uh, fall in love again with Israel and the people here. Um, and that, in many ways, was what we felt. Um, I guess we're going up on 10 years ago now. Wow. Um, to be able to have a seminary which combines um, a few items that really shouldn't be difficult to combine, and yet uh, to be able to do that, we thought that this would be a, a niche that we could fill. On the one hand, certainly the learning learning here is on the highest level possible. The, the, the teachers that are here, uh, so uh, challenging and engaging and, uh, and, and curious themselves, and they love what they're teaching, and they love the people that they're teaching. Um, really, uh, we have this uh, inside joke here that, you know, you, uh, you ask a teacher here, for example, you know, do you teach uh, Humash? Do you teach Navi? What do you teach? And she says, it's, I don't teach, I teach people. Hmm. I teach the students. And that's really uh, great. And at the same time, to have the learning on the highest level possible, rigorous learning and independent learning, and to be able to set people up to be able to uh, to learn really for the rest of their lives, right. uh, combined with, you know, you'd think that a rigorous program like that has to be for some reason a little bit, um, what shall we say, uh, cold in quotes. And, and, and we, we say the exact opposite, absolutely not. You can care about the whole person, not just the brain. Uh, and, and on the other side, not just the heart. We really right. try to engage the whole person. And I think that it was that niche that we were uh, that we were looking for. And with Hashem's real great blessings, uh, we've been zochet to see that. Has there been a superstar yet that in the ten years of Shalvim has learned for the rest of her life and has become an educator in the Jewish world that you know of? Is uh, there well, somebody out? And I'm, I'm, this is not a trick question. Meaning, uh, I have nobody. In mind, but there must be somebody already that uh, we, has advanced in the area of Jewish education. Well, you, you asked, if you don't mind me saying, you asked two separate questions. Okay. One was, sure. um, have there been, has there been somebody who is continuing to learn for the rest of her life? Mm. Which you could be a, a lawyer or a doctor, right. or as you just right. heard, an optometrist or an environmental <laughs> specialist, <laughs> and really look at learning slash Torah growth, spiritual growth as something that I do forever and ever. As I often tell the girls, if you stop learning in June at the end of your, first, of your year in Israel, then you've made a grave mistake and we've made a grave mistake. Wow. So as far as that goes, 
I mean, thank God, thank God, alumni uh, up and down the last uh, nine years going on ten. Um, and many students have chosen to become educators. Uh, many students have chosen to uh, to join Stern College uh, you know, the program for uh, you know for to, to become educators and in other schools as well. Um, so uh, yeah, thank God. I, uh, we were very blessed. Uh, women uh, throughout. Uh, That's you know, the BMP program, right? Am I getting that right? There's the base metrics. In, in Stern, you mean? Yeah. Uh, I yes, I, I'm embarrassed now. There is a name for it, and please forgive me. <laughs> Whoever dedicated it, we apologize. Please, we hope yes, no one from Yeshiva University is listening right now. Right? <laughs> yes, I do apologize. Um, but it, it, it's that school and in other schools, and again, around the world, really. Oh, I thought you were about to No, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> you know, Rabbi Marilis, you are um, a newcomer to Shalvim, so to speak. And he has no mic. There we go. Okay, um, my question to you, I guess, is as somebody who came from the outside, Oh my gosh! Um, came from the <laughs> came from the outside looking in, um, having seen other yeshivot, having experienced yeshiva on your, you know, from your experience in your year in Israel, and your learning. Besides that, I mean, what impresses you the most about about Shalvin? It's a giant family of people. Hmm. Uh, I think we saw when we were at the uh, at the boys' school. We had on the air fathers and sons who have uh, learned at the school, at the yeshiva. They have two generations of people that have come through the same doors, have the same experience, the same rabbanim, the same teachers. That's not just a right. year in Israel. That's family. Um, so there's that real sense, a real connection, a real warmth that exists. Uh, we had an event in June. It was the first event that I was part of with Shalvim. I was there three weeks total at, uh, at Shalvim. We had this extraordinary event in Manhattan. Um, and you could really sense a real warmth and a real feeling of togetherness and unity and uh, just a feeling of happiness being together in the same room um, celebrating Shalvim. It's, it, it, it was just amazing. Um, I joked with the Rosh Hashiva when he first met me. He said to me, so what year did you go to Shalvim? <laughs> <laughs> so I said, without even blinking, Awkward. I said, I said 93. <laughs> and he looked at me because he was, he was there in 93 and he didn't remember. I said, no, I went, I went to BMT, but BMT doesn't exist anymore. Right, so, I need so that new, makes it okay. So I made it, I need a new place. So I said, but I, I would, I, I'm honored to have to think that you think that I would have gone to Shalvim. Um, he didn't know me at 17, so that works out well. Um, but at the same time, in terms of just what it would mean to be part of that kind of an experience, um, with that kind of real, real family feeling would be um, just amazing to have. So. You know, there's so few institutions, and we've been making this point now for, for two days essentially, there's so few institutions that are able to celebrate that, who are able to have the longevity with a reputation being sky high and share it with at least two generations. It just doesn't happen that often. I think that's what we've discovered on this trip, that this is one of the few institutions that gets to enjoy that. It goes even further because when you talk to the parents who sent the first kid, who's right. now sending his kid. So now right. you're talking on three generations <laughs> right. of people. That's true. Um, we spoke with Alan Pfeiffer, whose son right. is in the yeshiva now. So you talk to Alan's parents about sending Alan in the first place or those who sent children earlier than that, um, and you get that third generation of it. Now you're talking serious amount of years and a real connection and commitment to an institution. That's something to celebrate, and that's uh, that's really what it is about. And it's also interesting. I'm we'll get. I'm totally going to get to that to your comment because I definitely want to hear it. But I also think it's interesting when parents fall 
in the uh, walk in the footsteps of their parents. It's almost like a nod to that that original parental decision that you know what, Mom and Dad, you didn't you didn't mess up on this one. This was a really good decision, exactly. and it was such a good decision. I want it for my kids. I mean, there is a vote of confidence in that that you know speaks speaks such volumes. It's it's the equivalent on on so many levels of Mark Zomick, who not only sent his first daughter but sent his second daughter, right. and what he had mentioned with Nahum during the live lunch about um, that Shalvim does not look to change what has been done in the home for the first 18 years. I can't tell you how many times he has said that to me about Shalvim. I mean, that's not a line that he picked out because he was going to be on with Nahum during the live lunch. That is why, that is something he has repeated to me about what makes Shalvim to him so special. You hear the stories about the flipping out and the this and whatever, and there are songs about flipping out and books about flipping out, and I'm sure there are numerous Facebook pages about flipping out. But that is always a concern of the parent. And and to to hear that Shalvim not only respects the home, the multiple generations of those values in that home, and they're looking to just strengthen those values is a huge load off for a parent. I, I uh, if you don't mind me adding, I um, an example. You know that, that that's not just a motto or something we say and something we believe. Um, we get questions, um, halacha questions, early on in the year. Um, and one of the questions we get certainly as soon as they land, um, you know, uh, Rosh Hashanah around the corner. This year's three-day yantif. Um, we have the zechut actually of going to Yeshivat Shalavim. So Shalavim for women goes to Shalavim for Yeshivat Shalavim, and we have our own meals and we have our own sichot and our own programs. But we we daven in this beautiful, beautiful minion with the tunes that they sing all year round mm. because they learn it. Nice. Um, and then Yom Kippur, same thing. We go back for Yom Kippur to the yeshiva. And then Sukkot comes and, and girls will very often ask us, you know, the old one day or two day questions. <laughs> um, and I always tell them that the second answer to your question is, well, I'll tell you what the psak of the yeshiva is, what the yeshiva, what's yeshiva paskins, and I'll, and I'll share with you about that and figure out what that means for you. But the first answer is, you what, do your parents say? Nice. what do your parents say? Now, they may say, my parents wanted me to ask you. They may say, and, and I say... <laughs> they passed the buck. Absolutely, and that's fine. That's I really, fine. By the way, I really want to know what the yeshiva holds. Yeah. I will say, and you know, it goes back, I, I, I have to give credit where credit is due, Rabbi Yosef Adler from, uh, from sure. Israel and Teaneck, um, uh had a line that I heard many, many years ago that I shared with the girls um, in his name, but we really believe this, and that is, you know, you, I say, what do your parents hold? And, and they'll say, well, they don't know. I say, what is the what does your shul rabbi hold? Uh, and I always say a quote from him, you know, your shul rabbi, you've been going to him for 18 years, your parents may be longer. Right. He doesn't become an Amaris the minute mm, you land in Israel. Nice. All of a sudden he knows nothing. God forbid, God forbid, God forbid. And I, and I, I will just add one more thing if it's okay. Yeah. We... Um, uh, you know, we, we were talking about this continuity. Um, I did have the zuchut, and as Rabbi Turetsky uh, mentioned uh, uh, on on, uh, on the live lunch program, um, I, I had the zuchut of, of learning in Shalvim, and I still remember as if it was yesterday. And the older I get, it's longer ago than yesterday. <laughs> um, you know, I, I walk off the plane, and I'm greeted by my madrich, who we called Michael, and today is known as the Sgan Rosh Yeshiva Shlita of Michal Yamer. I walk into the yeshiva, wow. and my rebbe. 
was a, a young uh, Rebbe by the name of Rabbi, Rabbi Yisrael Yaakovson. Wow. And he's now the Rosh Hashiva. Oh. And so it's not, and, and I could go on and on, and Rabbi Galinsky is a Chatzarek Livracha who was there, and he's no, unfortunately no longer with us. Um, uh, you know, uh, and, and who was the older Bacher who just came back from the army when I started? Rabbi Ari Waxman. Hmm. And so it's, it's, it's really, it, 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 the things that we try to do here um, are, uh, are really much a certain, I would call it continuity, and I'd call it Mesorah. However, I would say one more thing, and I, I, just if you don't mind, just 60 more seconds, and that is something that Aviva the Madricha just just talked about. We have another saying that we kind of say over and over again, and, and we really mean it and internalize it, and that is we, we really try that next year is better than this year, and the year after that is better than next year. We try that with our own personal lives, tomorrow better than today. We try to inculcate that with our students. Um, so while there is this continuity, and while there is this real Sora of, of, of just trying to give what we received, at the same time we are really trying to be machadesh or something to, to see what are we doing wrong or what are we doing right but not perfectly, how can we do things better? And we're really trying to, at the same time, continue, at the same time reinvent ourselves every single year. Did you remember 93 when Biddy Mallory was Oh, we were buddies. He's with the program. <laughs> oh, yeah. I appreciate that. I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I will say we, we really uh, recently uh, we recently met, all kidding aside, and uh, and we have been. I, I have been uh, really excited with Rabbi Marilis joining uh, Shalvim Shalvim for Women. I think it's a really great match. Thank God. You know, something I I I, I noticed was the correlation between the tenth anniversary of Nefesh Benefesh and the tenth anniversary of Shalvim for Women, hmm. only because we kept on referring to. I'm going to get hit in the head with that. So we had kept on referring to the Nefesh Benefesh broadcasts as the broadcast of the decade. And I guess that for the, the same thing is true for here. This is the broadcast of the decade for Shalvim in terms of this phenomenal, phenomenal anniversary celebration. Yeah, thank you. Before the, uh, my computer, awesome. Okay, we saw, uh, perfect. Before my computer died. Um, in terms of where you expected to be in 10 years, have you reached that milestone? Have you wow. earned it? Sorry. Okay. Should we? Uh, no. Good question. Buy some no, time? It's, okay. it's always <laughs> more than you want, right? Yeah. yeah <laughs> the dream yeah. is always bigger. Yeah. Than we want, we we are blessed. I cannot say that enough. With the Siata Dishmaya and this parental support and the board support and communal support, but as I said a moment ago, uh, we, we, on the one hand. We are light years beyond where we thought we would be mm. in terms of uh, support and, and enrollment. And, wow. and if I may say, uh, um, and I've said this to you, I think off the air, there are outstanding seminaries in Israel. And we, we, we are one of them, God willing. I really, really hope we are. But there are many, many others. And 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 the, the, there's a certain collegiality with the other, the heads of other seminaries. And to be in that location, in that place, also wow. to be accepted by them, and and to really bounce ideas off each other, it, there there is uh, really a feeling among uh, within Shalvim and, and and the other seminaries. We're all on the same team. Ultimately, bottom line, we're really all on the same team. Really, just trying to educate the next generation. Uh, uh, of, uh, of students. Someone once said to me that you really have a very uh, important job. And I, I said, I don't know. I don't know. And they said, no, let me explain. And I, I, and I, I want to make sure that I, 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 I don't want to hope that my colleagues at Yeshivat Shalvim are, are not listening. But, uh, but they said that when you teach a boy, you teach a man. But when you teach a girl, you teach a family, right. mm. and and these women really are are, are are raising families now, and and it's a so on the one hand we're very blessed by that, on the other hand we would love to be able to do more and accomplish more, see more and and and, and grow more in other areas if possible. Um, Rabbi Marilis, your title, if I'm not mistaken, your executive director of American Friends, 
yes, I'm the executive director. It's not called American Friends. It's just called Yeshiva Shalvim. So, what is your biggest hurdle? I mean, now that you're here and this is a an already established institution, this is not a tabula rasa. You're not building a school, but obviously you've come in with a certain goal and a certain mindset. What are what are your um, goals for the next ten years for you and for where you hope the yeshiva will be? Wow, ten years. Um, so I, I think a lot of it. I was talking to review. You should know, by the way. Everyone at, at Shalvim seems to be a lifer. So um, <laughs> now that you're in, so welcome. Right. That's a that's a good sense of job. Yeah. Uh, I'll take that. No question. Right. Uh, I was talking to Rav Yammer actually um, uh, yesterday, and um, he talked about how many wonderful, amazing things that are going on at the yeshiva that nobody knows about. Mm. Um, the the sense from his perspective over the many years is that what he would call the PR of all the great, wonderful people and things that have gone on, are just uh, not public enough. People don't know. Mm. So I think a very key element of what we're trying to do is to promote all the wonderful things that are going on currently. One of the things that I talk about a lot is telling the stories of the alumni. Um, there are some unbelievable people, many unbelievable people who've gone to both Shalvin for Women and to the Yeshiva over the years, whose stories about what they've done in their own communities, um, what they've done with their own families, what they've done in their own personal lives, the great chesed, the great communal work, they're just not shared. And uh, I'd like to think that Shalvin has a little bit of credit to take for some of that work. And uh, to share their stories and to talk more, you know, over the course of the different shows, we've met a lot of alumni um, from different walks of life, different places, different people. And uh, to share their stories over, you know, over the course of time, talk about an alum from the 80s and an alum from the 70s and the 90s and 2000, and to share those kinds of stories. Obviously, a major goal and a major responsibility is fundraising, and I think there's a lot of fundraising that has to go on for the yeshiva and the dorm project and for us, if W, the hope perhaps of moving to its own permanent facility somewhere and raising money towards that kind of a project that's major, I think something to think about. Um, and um, but beyond that is to simply spread the word of what it is. Uh, the, the, the yeshiva talks about itself as the yeshiva for global jury, for all Jews, for world jury, and uh, really sort of exemplifies that. And to continue to share that and spread that, and if you believe it and really buy it, and we do, um, so then you want to share that with other people, right. and you want to share that with many more institutions and many more people around the world, and to invite them into that family setting. So I think that's a lot of the. Uh, a lot of the goals that we're trying to work on. We mentioned a lot of the alumni before. We mentioned Rabbi Judah Michelle, and obviously, right, you know, everybody nods and smiles when they hear that name, that's for <laughs> sure. And the members of Omeka Davar, and we mentioned um, Ellie Hagler and Michael Fragan, and obviously the, you know, the Rosh Hashiva and uh, to the Skan Rosh Hashiva, and, and it's, you're right, there are a tremendous amount of stories that of, of people who have graduated and who have, who have quote unquote left, but clearly we understand people never actually leave Shalvim. There's always a connection, whether it's a physical connection because they're still involved in the yeshiva on a day to day basis, or because they come back. But you also have the future stories. I mean, Nachum was able to, uh, we were able, I should say, to have Yaakov Hawk on, who's a, who's a Shana Aleph kid. I mean, he is, one week off the plane, and um, he's a kid who comes with a phenomenal reputation as somebody who's going to change the world. I wonder how many Yaakov Hawks are in that class right now at Shalvim. How many stories you'll have to tell, please God, of the of the, of the amazing work that they're going to do in, 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 in the next 10 years, the next 20 years, and, and how that's going to continue to evolve. Because that is also, if I'm not mistaken, and I don't think I am, part of the Mesorah of Shalvim. I mean, I'm only here ten weeks, but I think that that's. <laughs> but I, in, I, I think that that's the case. You know, it, it. I've worked at a lot of different institutions, a lot of different opportunities, um, and 
when you mention shalvim, you get a smile. Um, it, it has an immediate positive, warm reaction to anybody who uh, knows of it, connects to it, hears about it. Um, that's not always the case. You don't always right. get a 100% happy rate. And here you get almost a 100% happy rate, which is, in the, from my standpoint and my responsibility, an amazing sort of um, head start on many levels. And I think it sort of goes to the idea that there is some level of expectation with all the students that are coming in that in that group just a lot of people who are going to change the world. You, you, you talked about this young young man who you see is changing the world. And uh, Rav Yamin will talk about a lot of the young women that come in who are changing the world. Um, and I think that's part of what they're looking for in bringing in these people, part of what they're trying to inculcate into them. And then once they move on, um, well, as you said, they never really move on, but on some <laughs> level when they move uh, at a different stage in their lives um, to see that happen. And you just sort of expect it. Who are the girls that you, um, I, we're not going to name names, but I imagine <laughs> that there have been girls in the last 10 years that you've looked at and they've walked in the door and you've said, I shouldn't call them girls, right? Um, you've walked, they've, they've walked in the door and, and you've said, wow, that kid is going somewhere. Uh, yes, I, first of all, I appreciate you're not asking me to name names. Uh, <laughs> it's like asking which of your kids is the favorite. Right, right. right. Um, I, I, I do agree that there are certain uh, girls uh, all the time that come in and, uh, and you say, wow, she's going to you know, be able to, to, to take this kind of leadership role uh, in the Jewish community uh, going forward. Um, I should add, though, that um, everybody that we see has qualities and has traits and not every single person uh, you know needs to be a leader i know uh, Nahum, you're a baseball fan yeah if i'm not mistaken oh and, yeah uh, you know and if every single uh, you know player wanted to play shortstop you'd have a great shortstop you'd have other you know eight other positions that you know would, would really fail so the jewish community really needs 12 shvatim and the jewish community needs all different kinds of people so yeah there are some people who are or are more public leaders and there are some people who are more uh, private leaders as we'd say um, in, in our lingo, perhaps we'd say you need an Avraham Avinu who knows how to, you know, be a trendsetter. You need a Yitzchak Avinu also who knows how to follow and support others. So we are blessed with, you know, so everyone who walks in has traits that we try to recognize and and bring out even further and strengthen. It's off to you. <laughs> I just uh, I wish you a lot of Hatzlacha because. Uh, this task is one that parents don't always appreciate, the role that the schools and their leaders and faculty have in shaping the children out there and creating uh, whatever roles are going to be uh, uh, filled by these young ladies in the future, whether they are leadership roles or, as you say, you know, more, more of a role of follower, but mm-hmm. the dedicated people to the Jewish world. And it uh, must be a very exciting time for you. And we mentioned earlier when the Madrichot were on about uh, what I, I guess we would call an extracurricular activity or something that's non-academic uh, on paper, but the Shabbat, which we mm. really didn't touch on earlier, but I wanted to at least get your comment on, must be a very important experience that adds to this whole avira here at the Shalvin. Without question, without question. I mentioned the you know Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur at right. the yeshiva, which is part of it. But yes, um, uh, you know Shabbos here uh, is uh, most certainly uh, one of the highlights. Um, we have a, um, a, an in, what is called an in Shabbos, maybe once a month a little bit uh, more often perhaps um, but it's almost never in what I mean to say is we're almost it's on the road. Yeah, yeah it's on the road we take it on the road as you do so well 
um, because we want them to see Israel. We want them to experience Israel. And we want to go to communities outside of Yushalayim or in Yushalayim and to meet people. Right. And so you know, we bring to them and they bring to us um, the Ruach, the Avirah, the singing. Uh, you know, uh, it, it, it's, it's really uh, unforgettable. I, I, I don't want to miss the point. I know that on Wednesdays there's a, there's a volunteer opportunity. Am I right? Uh, Mondays, Mondays. Oh, Mondays, my yes, bad. Yes, yes. So talk to me about that. What are you looking for girls to be involved in? What kind of opportunities in terms of volunteerism are, are, they, are they afforded? Oh, we, we, um, we often say, I think I mentioned it uh, uh, on uh, the live lunch program, you know, we, we always wish that there would be no chesed opportunities in Yerushalayim. We, we wish that there were no uh, orphans and no sick people and uh, no needy families. But unfortunately, we're never at a loss. And what we tell the students is that, you know, of course, in, in many ways, this is a year of personal growth and looking inside and how can I do better and how can I can learn better, how can I daven better, how can I treat others better, etc. Um, however, we as Jews, we as uh, they as women, uh, we can't go uh, a whole year, uh, we can't even go a whole day without really thinking about other people. Mm-hmm. And so this Monday afternoon program is a, is a chesed program that is organized and run by our Aimbait. And she really tries to find um, opportunities in Yerushalayim that um, students can give as much as possible and receive as much as possible. I will also add, however, uh, and I'm sorry, and, 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 and if it if they find that this particular place that they're in works well, great, and it's monitored by the Imbait and others, and if it works, wonderful, and it's an entire year of of, of, uh, of, of, of working together, and at the end of the year we always find, you know, uh, tears coming, oh, I had to say goodbye to the to the hospital that I visited, or mm. I had to say goodbye to this family that I visited. And if it doesn't work, then we try to find something else. Um, and as I say, that there's no there's no loss, uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, there's no lack of chesed opportunities, and yet um, our students often will will create their own. We had a student a number of years ago who saw a chesed opportunity that didn't exist. Um, she uh, she and a friend from here created their own uh, chesed organization <laughs> where they went to hospitals, Yushalayim hospitals. They did it on Mondays. They did it on Fridays. We don't have classes on, wow. on Fridays. They ended up and um, and they ended up going. They visited women in hospitals. They gave them um, uh, makeup, hair, and nails. <laughs> It was That's the great. most beautiful thing, and it continued for the next year after that. Girl wow. Said, it was just uh, great. In other words, Masora, there's, there's, Masora, there's a Masora. hole that's needed, and we fill it. Nice. It was really beautiful. I was, I, and this was an example of how we, I grew from that. I, I was certainly upset that I hadn't thought of it myself. <laughs> um, but but I, I, I grew. I grew from it. Well, I want to thank both of you, um, both for your hospitality and for what you're doing for the for Benny for the entire both Yeshivot I should say and to uh, Rev Yamin you I, I should say that again Mark Zomik was right that having you on as much as possible would definitely uh, yeah, be an, yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely be I an don't asset. want to disagree with him in public <laughs> so then don't okay. just take our word for it <laughs> thank you to um, both of you thank, exactly thank you very much very, continued very continued Hatzlacha tremendous Hatzlacha yeah and um, we wish you all the best and we hope to come back to Shalvim pretty soon do thank some you. do we some follow ups we would love it and thank you so much thank you for two great, Tot- great Thank you. Totally our pleasure. This has been That's Life here from Shalvim for Women. Let's go through the lineup for the rest of the day so you know what to expect and what not to miss following this program. 
It is something to talk about with Randy Wartelski. After that, we have Ellie Hagler at 5 o'clock with the Jewish Reaction, and then Avrami fills in for Nachum with the Thursday Night Extravaganza, followed by the stunt show hosted by Mark Zamek at 8 p.m., who, again, was just on with Nachum during the live lunch. Book of Life with Charlie Harari. Then, of course, the day wraps up with Charlie Bernhow. Join Mayor Weingarten tomorrow morning as he sits in from Na- for Nachum on JM and the AM from 6 to 9 a.m., Nachum will return, please God, next week. It is almost like our Israel Week continues and closes with Mayer, as he is the host of the Israel Show on Mondays at 9 a.m. Don't miss that this week as well. Nachum's weekly update with Malcolm Holmline returns, please God, next week. Following JM in the AM, it is a new episode of Table for Two with Naomi Nachman. You can, as always, check out all of our programming on our website. This show will be rebroadcast Sunday at 1 p.m. on NachumSiegel.com. I need to go through through some thanks. It's a little bit like an Oscar award. Um, I just received my trophy. There are a bunch of people I need to thank. My thanks to everyone who was involved in this week-long project. First and foremost, everyone at the Wallach household, do not think I don't appreciate what you do while I am home and while I am away. Paul Sirk and the PC guy who was our advanced man in Israel, thanks as always. This trip was pretty complicated, so my sincerest thanks. Thanks to ZK who has um, become knighted, I think, as a result of this trip. He was absolutely, absolutely phenomenal, both um, just engineering me for the last hour and for all the technical issues that came up along the way. My thanks to Rabbi Benny Marilis, to Joey Bonner, to Moshe Arnbach, all of whom were integral in our programming from Shalvim, to our friends at Ormeyer Ubracha for hosting us this morning and who did an incredible, who do incredible and inspiring work to everyone at Nefesh Benefesh who brought us here in the first place and allowed us to take part in the experience of a lifetime. Our wish is that the next time we are on a Nefesh Benefesh flight, it is as Olim and not as press. And of course, to Nachum, not only for co-hosting in the last hour, but for making all of this happen. And I will tell you this totally honestly, that it is under his leadership that this network continues to thrive. And I know every single day just how lucky I am to work for him. Today, I leave you with Moshav Band Streets of Jerusalem, a slower selection than I usually close with, but its sentiments Definitely ring very true for me this week, especially the other night as I walked through the streets of the Rova after davening at the Kotel. It's making me emotional just to think about it, so it's probably better I just end the show. This show is the end of our programming from Israel. It is the end of a wonderful trip, and we look forward to speaking to you again back in New York. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys. It's a big world, it's a small world, it's a long way from home. And where you started from, you'll return one day, but for now you're on. I walk the streets of Jerusalem, and my head is bowed, can't let you go. Can't let you go Can't let you go Now And you promised you'd meet me here I'm waiting still I believed you I loved you And I Talking on the telephone 
only makes it worse somehow. Can't let you go. Can't let you go. Can't let you go. I'm in exile myself. Still, it's your touch I long for more than anything else. We spoke of love like it lasts forever. We spoke from the heart, knowing that I have to let you go. Is the cruelest part. I walk the streets of Jerusalem, and my head is bowed. Can't let you go. Can't let you go. Can't let you go. 